it's Monday, and you know what that means. Welcome to Throne Zone Season 3, uh, Episode 4. It's a, li- it's a little confusing because we're jump. Well, they're jumping time, we're jumping episodes. So. <laughs> this is your captain speaking along with Sir Daniel of House Crimmins once again. Um, we're now seven episodes into House of the Dragon. And... More and more shit just seems to hit the fan as the weeks go by. And more and more do I feel sympathy for Viserys. Like, I... Yeah, he's a really sympathetic character. Uh, I mean, he always has been, really, right from the beginning. Like, he just wants everybody to get along. Yeah. That was pretty much what he said at the end of last night's episode. Can we all just get along? And but wow, what uh, you know, we we finally got to see Vagar, which you know, oh, Vagar is something else, that's a spectacle of a dragon. Oh, yeah, and, and I think um, episode six didn't really do his size justice because maybe it, because it was so dark, but um, last night's episode seven, uh, Vagar compared to Amond, you see the sheer size of this dragon where you actually need. A climbing rope just to get on the saddle. No, for for everyone that doesn't know or that maybe isn't hip with the lore, Vagar is the last dragon that was around for Aegon's conquest. He was originally ridden by Queen Visenya Targaryen, uh, who was Aegon's yeah. older sister, I believe. So. He because they keep recycling names. Uh, Vagar is at this point fully grown, and to kind of give a size difference, like people think Drogon was fully grown. No, no, no. Vol- Drogon was still a baby. Yeah, and he wasn't even half the size of Vagar. No, Drogon's still growing, which you know maybe. We- Maybe we see Drogon again in uh, Snow in, in that series. Yeah. Um, what they have the opportunity to do with... I mean, they've begun doing it in House of the Dragon. It's fixing a lot of um, issues people had with Season 8. Um, they have more of an opportunity to do that with Ghost, uh, with Snow. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I think um, that's kind of what they're going to do with Snow is I think they're going to uh, it, it, I think Snow is going to be the season 8 remake that everyone wanted but we're not going to get I think it's going to be fixing a lot of the mistakes yeah uh, so he's, he's not only the last dragon of Aegon's conquest he's also the biggest dragon still alive Oh yeah, the biggest dragon alive in, in Westeros you know, we, we first saw Vagar with uh, Lena Valerian, and God, that that was that scene was emotional. It wouldn't, like, you see, yeah. Vagar didn't want to do it. No, and that's the thing. Like, these dragons, they bond with their riders, and they obey their commands, but she had to, I think she had to yell, or try to yell Jakaris. Numerous times. At least a dozen times. And Vagar is finally like, oh, okay, this is what you want. 
I mean, he, I mean, he he must have been able to see she was suffering, and he just thought, yeah. well, there's nothing else we can do, so she's gonna die either way. Yeah, and it almost seemed like for a moment that Damon had like a human reaction, you know, like he, in, in whatever way he has, felt bad. Yeah, I mean, I remember way back with episode one, we thought like. Damon's the new villain of the Throneverse, but he has gone from villain to anti-hero to now I think he is just becoming the hero of the series. You know, we thought Damon was going to be the villain, and then Lara Strong said, hold my beer. Right, Lara Strong is... Uh, he, he, just, he doesn't even need to say a word, just his presence is villainous. Exactly, and like, I I don't think Alison Hightower quite realized what she was dealing with, because the end of last week's episode, when, you know, Lara Strong basically told her what he did at Harrenhal, she's kind of like, I-, I didn't tell you to do that. And he basically just said, when the time comes, I, I-, I know you'll reward me. Yeah, he he was kind of like an evil genie. Be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it. I mean, you can't put, once that once that's out of the bottle, you ain't putting it back in. No, and for him, it, he seemed to find it so easy too to burn his father and brother alive. Oh yeah, and uh, we got to see we you know we finally got to see a couple strong boys in the episode. You know that whole thing. Yeah, so episode six was kind of our introduction to the next generation of Targaryens and Valerians and whatnot. Um, they they did a lot more in episode seven, and now we're, we're going to jump in time again. And I think this is the final time jump. I think this so. Season. I uh, think with so. episode eight. And it it was it was very well done, and you know. He, you see Sir Kristen Cole still pretty bitter. Yeah, I mean, ten years have passed. Him and Allison know how to hold a grudge. Like, dude, get over it. <laughs> like, you're the one that got a little carried away and, you know, puppy love. I mean, but, you had to know. Yeah, he, he, he was thinking of one thing and it obviously wasn't his brain. And now he's pretty much Allison's bitch. Yeah. Although he did kind of show a little initiative in last night's episode. So everything went wrong when the kids clashed in yeah. episode seven. Um, pretty much uh, Eamon stole Vega, who yeah. I forget which girl it was. I think it was Bela. Yeah, Morena. it was supposed to be Bela's, but Bela never tried to claim her, which, or, yeah, never tried to claim Vagar. And... Yeah, so a- Amund, who didn't have a dragon, and was constantly being teased about it by his own brother and everybody else, decides to claim the biggest dragon there is. Uh, he did it quite easily, to be fair to him. Um, it was which almost why, as if Vagar understood that he needed him. Why wouldn't you try and claim the biggest for yourself? Right. <laughs> I mean, he did come close. Like, you saw the fire raring up in Vagar's throat before Eamon started 
you know, yelling some commands. And Vega was like, well, well, okay. We'll see what you got. And he literally held on for dear life. Vega took off. Eamon was clinging on, soaring through the air. Finally touches back down and is confronted by the girls and his cousins. Uh, that's when the brawl breaks out and Eamon ends up with a slashed eye. Yeah. Um, and, like, I understand Alison wanting to protect her children. But to be just like, well, we'll take one of your son's eyes then. It's like, hold on, they're just kids. And, you know, was it was it her wanting to protect her son? Or was it still her hatred of Renera? Yeah, just wanting to take a point against Renera too. But that's where she, you know, she yells the command to Kristen Cole that she ser- he serves her, not the king. And, you know, for a brief moment, you thought, well, he has no choice. He has to obey her command. But then he very cleverly says, I'm, I'm not your hitman, I'm your bodyguard. Yeah, which, you know, at that point, you know, you're trying to murder the heir apparent to the throne. Like, you know, I mean, mean we we know that Allison, you know, but why didn't Viserys, like, any other king in, in Game of Thrones, they would have had Allison taken out. Robert Baratheon would have had her taken out right then and there. Yeah. I mean, there was a scene back in season one where Cersei spoke out over, you know, the whole direwolves attacking Joffrey. Um, and Robert was just, just reminding her of her place, so to speak. Yeah. Like, you don't chastise the king like that. You, you, you don't do that. No, and especially in front of pretty much the whole court. Yeah, like, she... She she cock blocked him in front of the pub in front of the public. Like you can't do that. No. And when he, I mean, like we said, Viserys just wants peace. He he's avoiding this confrontation. He tries to you know put everything to bed and just say everybody needs to get along. Um. So she decides to take matters into her own hands. She takes the the cat's paw dagger, which I love the fact that we keep seeing because of course it's the same one that was used in Game of Thrones. That was very very relevant to um Littlefinger it was him yeah. who gave it to the assassin that tried to kill Bran. And also the same dagger that killed the Night King. Yes, the same one Arya ended up with. So that dagger is scattered throughout Game of Thrones and they keep showing it in House of Dragon. Now it finally gets used. Um this confrontation between Alicent and Rhaenyra of course has been building up through the season. Oh. It was one of the most looked forward to scenes of episode seven and it was it was so intense because in all the in all the promo work before the series even aired they kept showing her with that dagger yeah and then in in the trailer so after episode six in the trailer for this episode we had that line from anira saying now everybody sees you for what you are. Um, so for Allison to lose control or lose her shit like that in front of everybody kind of shows her true colors. Yeah. And the only Which, one who really seemed happy about that was Otto Hightower. Yeah. Um, it, it was a surprise to see him just pop up right back where he 
was originally in episode yeah. seven. So in ep- at the beginning of um, episode five, we saw him leave King's Landing after he was stripped of the hand of the king. Um, he wasn't in episode six, and then episode seven begins, and he's the hand of the king again. Which that makes sense. Like y- y- you strip this guy of hand of the king because you can't trust him. Yeah. And then ten years pass, and oh hey, I can trust you again. Like, <laughs> like why not? Uh, why not put? Uh, I can't remember the character's name off the top of my head. Uh, Valerian. Why not make him hand of the king? Oh, Corlys, yeah. Yeah, Corlys. Why not make Corlys Valerian your hand? I mean, that I think makes... he's uh, very much on Rhaenyra's side now after last night's episode. We got pretty much the line in the sand drawn last night. After that confrontation, you saw people choose a side, um, particularly Damon, too. There was that oh, scene... He definitely chose his side. There was that scene after uh, Allison attacked Renera, and I think it was probably the most powerful scene of the whole series so far, where you see the two sides very clearly. Like You see House Valerian is aligning with Renera's claim and there's that kind of that intense yet awkward staring at allison and her her camp yeah uh it is the the green you're either the green or the black now and we got the first reference of that by renera when she said to damon she said i can't stomach the greens right now yeah um and that all triggers back to Allison, of course, wearing that green dress, which signaled that there's going to be a line drawn in the sand because green is the color of House Hightower. Yeah. Um, I I never thought I'd say this, but, uh, you know, everyone thought Aegon was an annoying little shit, but then Aemon last night. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of like Aemon. Like, I, I understand why he took Vega. Um... You know, he's been teased about it pretty much all his life that he doesn't have a dragon. And honestly, I'm going to miss Titanum because in just two episodes, he did a great job as Aegon as a spoiled little shit. Um, oh, and it, Aegon gets worse, people. He gets yeah, worse. He does. Um, I don't know exactly why, but I know he's going to get worse. Um. But we got the perfect introduction to him in episode six, where he's um, he's despicable. He doesn't really give a shit about other people, especially when he's standing in his window. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the Tommen window. If That's you will. the Tommen window, both very different, but the same window. Um. But in episode seven, we we saw a little bit less of Aegon, but we saw enough of him. To still think he's a despicable little shit. Like, he just gets drunker and drunker and makes a fool of himself. He's yawning during the, the ceremony and points to him, though, because during that confrontation near the end, he's the one that drops the bombshell to uh, King Viserys. Like, you know, King Viserys asks, Who told you this lie about Rhaenyra's kids' parentage? And he's just like, Look, everybody knows. Just look at them. Yeah. I mean, like, even Viserys knows. Yeah. We, I 
we think he's known all along. He's just been voluntarily blind to it. He doesn't want to see. So, he doesn't want to think ill of his daughter. No, um, but surely he knows it. Everybody knows it, but they, they just don't want to say anything. But Aegon, being the little shit that he is, not giving a shit what anybody else thinks, is the one to just be very, very blunt about it. He's like, yeah, we everybody knows it. And then, in, and hey, we even got another wedding last night. Yeah. <laughs> um, but nobody died. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a very small wedding. And it's what? it's it's difficult to know how to feel about Damon Aminara because you know, we know their uncle and niece, um, and we know that the Targaryens are not shy about incest. No, it's kind of their thing. Yeah. But it's still awkward, but at the same time, they work so well together, and they both they both have a good sort of goal in mind, like to stop all this corruption that Alison wants one of her sons or wants Aegon on the throne, even though it's rightfully hers. Yeah, and maybe maybe her thought was since you know Lenor couldn't perform. Well, then Damon will have no problem doing that. And if Damon can give her an heir. A legit Targaryen heir, too. Yeah. You know, a full-blooded Targaryen. Yeah, and it's difficult to know what Damon wants. Because when this series kicked off, we just thought, he wants the throne. He wants his brother's throne. Or, you know, he, he wants a high position in court. Because he was he was the heir to the throne at one point. Yeah. Before Viserys named uh, Rhaenyra. Then he moves on. He marries uh, Lena. You know, he claims Dragonstone. He moves to Pentos. Now he's with Rhaenyra. So it's difficult to know what exactly he wants. Because if he's with Rhaenyra, he's not going to get the throne for himself. But he is kind of going to be a king. Yeah. And his children are going to be in line for the throne. Yeah. Uh, I think he and Rhaenyra end up having, like, three kids. Three or four kids. She's already got, what, three? Yeah, three boys. With, 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 not with Lena. She's got three strong boys. Oh, yes, very strong boys. <laughs> and it's it's weird, too. Like, they know it. Well, the yeah, older one the knew kids it. Know it. Well, at, um, least, uh, at least Jacaris, he knows. Yeah, he, he could see it, but, like, it's very, very easy to see it, too, because they don't look anything like Leno. They don't have, you know, the golden dreadlocks. That They're both pale-skinned. They both have dark hair. So and they look like Harwin Strong. Yeah, it's it's not exactly, it's not exactly a big, big secret. So everybody knows it, and it's very obvious to see why everybody knows it. But at the same time, Rhaenyra does have the support of the king, who is just blatantly denying it, turning a blind eye to it, and pretty much said, he will take the tongue of anybody who spreads these rumors again. Which seems like a dig at Alicent, too, because surely she's not exempt from that. 
It, no. it, it was kind of a subtle way of saying shut the fuck up about this. And we got that classic. We got that classic dig from uh, Allison last week, where she said to Lenor, oh, yeah. "Lenor, keep trying. Eventually, you'll get one that looks like you." <laughs> it, that's the brilliance of Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon is the subtle digs. And going back to the beginning of Episode Seven, I think they opened it brilliantly with Lena's funeral. And you had all these key characters all in the same place for like the first time since probably episode one. Yeah. And it was just constant tense and awkward eye contact between all these different characters. And Damon laughing at his wife's funeral. <laughs> Damon, again, just just like Aegon, really, just not giving a shit what anybody else thinks. Like, if I didn't know any better, I would think Damon was Aegon's father. Like, Aegon is acting yeah. Damon. If, if we didn't know any better, yeah. <laughs> but yet, uh, I this... say now, the, uh, the chessboard is set, you know, pieces are on the board. Yeah. Um, the high towers have made it clear they want the throne. Oh, yeah. And... Like we said in the last episode, Viserys is not long for this world. I don't even, he wasn't in the trailer for the next episode. So I don't even know if he's still alive in the next episode. Well, I, I thought he was going to die as, like, as they were leaving and they were in the little carriage there. Like, I thought that was it. I was like, okay, yeah, he, he, he's dead here. Yeah. But and again, the, the subtle things in episode six, they didn't really make a big point out of it, but you could see that he's missing an arm. Oh, yeah. And like, if we go by the uh, the Game of Thrones logic, like Ned Stark didn't die in the season one finale. He died in like the second to last. Yeah. We've I've got... always thought the penultimate episodes of Game of Thrones were the more impactful than the season finales. Like, um... Battle of the Bastards was episode nine. Uh, I think the Battle of Hardhome was episode nine. The Battle of Winterfell was episode nine. Ned died in episode nine. So, like, the big things happen just before the end of the season, and then the last episode kind of wraps things up and sets you up for the next season. So, if he can make it another two episodes, then I think that's when we lose Viserys episode nine. I think so. I think he'll be in the, the it'll be the second to last, and I I, th- I think the season's gonna end. It's gonna be like a simultaneous crowning where they're gonna crown Aegon and Rhaenyra at the same time. Rhaenyra at Dragonstone, Aegon at King's Landing. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I'm not sure how much time we're jumping in, in the next episode. I think it's only a few years because the kids don't look much older. No. I, I know it's a different actor for Aegon. I think it's the same for Aemon, though. Aemon, no, I think he's changing. Too. Yeah, he's aged up. He's He seems to have aged up more than Aegon in the next episode. But we'll see. I mean, it, you know, we'll see. Yeah, and it, like you said, if we didn't know any better, we'd swear Daemon was Aegon's father. But slightly more grown up 
Aemond looks a lot like Damon, yeah. if we didn't know any better. And the interesting thing is going to be how, how is Viserys going to react to the news that not only is Lenor dead, but that uh, Damon and Rhaenyra got married without his permission. Uh, yeah, maybe that's not why we're not going to see him much in the next episode, or seemingly not going to see him much, because this might just finish him off. Okay. Like, you, you know he's not going to be happy. No, um, but again, it's as if Rhaenyra can do no wrong in his eyes. It's like yeah. She has caused him nothing but headaches, but he is constantly protecting her. It's his kid. Taking her side. Yeah. He's a defender. And he's not budging on the fact that she's his heir to the throne, which is great, which is admirable. But um, I wonder what Lena, Lenor's fake death is going to do to the relationship between Viserys and the, uh, the Valerians, and also between Rhaenyra and the Valerians, because they hatched that plot to make it appear as though Lenor was killed. And I believed it right up until we saw him right in that very last few seconds. Um, that they don't care if they get the blame for it or if people suspect that they were involved, even the Valerians. Because Rhaenyra's point was they're going to fear what we could do if this is what they think we have done. Exactly. And like... Renera kind of she took a hard left turn. Like she's not fucking around anymore. No, she she again she's had one goal right from the beginning, and she is moving very many pieces in her favor towards that claim. And like we said, it's it's an awkward unity, but it's a powerful unity between her and Damon. It is, and. You know, we got to remember that, you know, I, I, I really can't think Viserys is going to be too thrilled because he already said no to the marriage once. Yeah, at least Damon had the decency to ask him the first time. Now he's now Renera's just like, hey, yeah, let's let, let's solidify our claim. And like, does she really love Damon or is it because she just wants, you know, to solidify her claim because she knows she knows that if Viserys dies and she takes the throne, there's going to be questions regarding the legitimacy. Aegon is a legitimate Targaryen. Yeah. If Daemon can give Rhaenyra a child, a male child, that's a legitimate heir. So people are going to see it and they're going to think, oh, okay, she's got a legitimate heir. Okay, we'll go with her. Yeah, I mean, there's that and there's also... Lust. I think lust is a big oh, yeah. part of it. Um, I mean, let's not forget, Damon pretty much opened her eyes to her uh, sexuality. Oh, yeah. Opened yeah, he, he opened, several he opened things. the door. He opened that door, and, you know, there's no closing that. No. Um, even if he is her uncle. But hey, they're Targaryen, um, so that's what they do. <laughs> Targaryen. It's okay, the Targaryens. Um, but yeah, the the ending gave Leno his freedom. Everybody thinks he's dead, and he gets to run off with his I don't know what the hell you want to call it consort. Yeah. Um, 
and also apparently with a lot of money, thanks to Damon. Like, is he going to still be a player in future, like next season or the season after, or is he done? Is he gone? I got to think he's gone. I mean, there's no reason for him to get back involved because the kids aren't his. He has no need of Rhaenyra because she's not his type. There's no reason for him to come back into it now. He prefers Goose. She prefers Goose. Yes, he prefers Goose. Which is just, it seems to be the end of the Valerian household. Well, and there's always Bela and Rayla. There's always, you know, Damon's twins. Yeah, I guess. But we have to remember, of course, we don't see the Valerians in Game of Thrones. So, like... Yeah, that was weird that they just... Like, because the Valerians were still around. But they never used them in the show. No, and as... They've made it very clear in this show that they are a very powerful family there along with the Targaryens, the last of old Valyria. So, it's curious what happened to House Valerian, but I'm sure we're going to find out as the uh, show goes on. Yeah. Great great two episodes, though. Yeah, and it's a shame, really, that we're going to jump again, because I was really getting used to this new generation of, like, Aegon, Aemond, and the twins, and Jace and his brothers, um, they all they all very much had their own characteristics. Yeah. And they were all great new players on the board. But I, I will say, I do think that Rhaenyra would have had no qualms about killing Lenor, though. I, I don't think she would have hesitated. Yeah, I mean, I'm undecided on that one. Um, like, she had no ill will towards him. They, they, made, they had a great arrangement that benefited both of them um she i mean she had no real reason to kill him other than she needed him out of the way so that she could marry damon um so i like to think that they hatched this plot with the full intention of faking his death rather than damon just pretending to kill him or have him killed yeah but if push came to shove, I don't think she would have hesitated. Yeah. But those last few seconds... like So when they were hatching this plot and you saw like this plot playing over what was actually happening, um, they were kind of becoming villainous characters. But when you saw that final scene and you realized that um, Lenor is actually very much alive, you kind of got more of a human sense of them, like, okay, maybe they're not so evil. Yeah, I think they uh, they definitely... Corliss is... He, he's definitely going to be on the side of uh, Rhaenyra here. Yeah. I mean, I hope he knows, or at least he finds out that Lenor isn't actually dead. Because... If he goes on believing that Leno's dead, then he's going to think Rhaenyra was involved because all of a sudden now she's with Damon. It's What's the next day. Yeah. And it just happens to take place very shortly after his wife's funeral, too. Um, it, it, it's, it almost seems too convenient. Yeah. Like, 
What are those kids doing? Those damn Targaryens. <laughs> um, so how strong is pretty much off the board apart from Laris, who has very much become the new Peter Baelish? Yeah, you know, just when you think, you know, they're not going to be able to top Baelish as far as like creepiness and cutthroatness. Like, oh, where is strong? That fucking guy. Yeah, sneaky son of a bitch. And like he, and props to the, the actor that plays him, but he always has like that creepy look. Yeah. And like, like I mentioned, the, uh, the funeral service where all these different characters were making eye contact and it was tense um but he was just constantly in the background allison's because i mean he's got something over her now like he said in episode uh six that she will reward him one day she has no choice yeah it's like all he's got to do is say what really happened at Harrenhal, and like he can place the blame on her, and people will believe him. Yeah. And even if he doesn't care whether he lives or dies, all he has to say is, "Well, she put me up to it." Yeah. And or you know he can lay the blame at you know her father's hands too. Yeah. Um. But Allison is becoming. She, she's <laughs> unraveling more and more as the show goes on. And I really didn't think that she'd become this much of a villain in the series. Like, I knew she was going to clash with Rhaenyra, but like we said before, the big time jumps over the first five episodes. um, Emily Carey did such a great job of making Alison a sympathetic character. Like, you felt sorry for her for those first five episodes. And then she grew up 10 years past and she's just become a bitch. Yeah, and, you know, I kind of blame her father in that regards. You know, like, he he left her isolated, and, you know, he kind of told her, he said, you know, when Renera takes over, what do you think she's going to do? Like, yeah, she's going to take out, you know, her kind of, and would Renera have done that? Maybe? Well, I mean, Otto has been plotting all of this right from the beginning. He's the one that sent Allison to King Viserys' room after pimped Emma died. He pimped her out. He, he, he pimped out his daughter, yeah. Um, he's been playing the long game. Oh, yeah. You know, to me, he's he's very much the Tywin Lannister of this series. Yeah. He knows what he wants, and he's He's the one putting all the pieces on the table, even if the other characters don't realize it. So I've got to imagine, knowing a little bit about where this is going to go, i got to imagine probably next season we're going to see Winterfell again. Yeah. But is it going to look the same, or are they going to kind of change things around to make it look more into what Martin's vision is? I mean, I would hope they don't change it. Like, Winterfell is pretty iconic in the Game of Thrones series. 
Um, and they stole the sets, so... Yeah, they, I mean, I think they burned some of them, but... Sets can be rebuilt. Oh, yeah. There's still the uh, Titanic Studios in Belfast. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned the next episode, um, Viserys not appearing in the trailer. What we do see, however, is Otto Hightower pretty much assuming temporary command. He's he's interim king, if you will. Yeah. Um, kind of like how Ned Stark was in season one. Yeah. Uh, which which just begs the question, like, what does happen to Viserys in the next episode? Like, if is he's... he they're trying to hide it? Good point. Or if he's just literally getting worse because he's very, very literally falling apart. I believe he's got leprosy. Yeah, that that's what I heard he had. They, they haven't actually said in the show, but I think... Paddy Considine uh, said in an interview that that's what is affecting King Viserys' leprosy. And props which, to Paddy Considine. He's been amazing. Oh, he's been incredible. And as the King's look gets decays more and more, I think it just brings out more of Paddy's acting chops. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was watching uh, Hot Fuzz the other day, and it's it's hard to <laughs> when House of Dragons started. I like I looked at him as you know as one of the Indies. Now I'm looking at him and I'm seeing King Viserys. Like, and it, it amazed me with that movie how many people from Game of Thrones were in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. The the, the Cornetto trilogy is like cream of the crop of British actors. We got uh, Rory McCann. Yeah. Uh, Jim Broadbent was in it too. He was a uh, high maester. I I miss the I miss the hound. <laughs> Such a great character that honestly I, I never hated the hound. Though, like a lot of people said, you you went from hating him to loving him. I never hated the hound. He was a great character. Like and he he didn't change up. Like he was one of the few characters that like he never changed. Like he was very upfront. Like this is who I am. Yeah, and like, even though he was. Uh, a brutal henchman for the king who was a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. He, he did try to protect Sansa, and he did kind of stand up to Joffrey. Yeah, like, at Battle Blackwater Bay, he basically is like, yeah, no, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even with, like, Tyrion, like, slapping Joffrey, like, the Hound is like, oh, he's not going like to forget that one. And he just said, "Be a, if he does if he does forget, be a good dog and remind him." Yeah. And he um, killed his brother in the end, in a way. Oh yeah, and probably one of the best parts about season eight was the Clegane Bowl. Something um, that we have been have been screaming for. Yeah. So well done. Yeah. Again, one of the few parts that was so well done. That image of them both on the staircase with the fire in the background was just awesome. Um. We we haven't really had a character like the Hound in House of the Dragon yet, who is just brutal and open and honest, and what you see is what you get. It, I mean, it probably could have been Harwin Strong, but he didn't last very long. No, and it's a shame. It really is a shame. Like, yeah, I think he was well on his way to becoming a fan favorite. 
but we lost him in two episodes. I was rewatching, I've been rewatching Thrones, and like we have events that we have seen so far that have been referenced. Like, if you remember this episode where Tywin Lannister is at Heron Hall, like he references the fire where you know Harwin and his father were burned alive. Like, yeah, again, you reference. Um, there's there's probably a lot of hints in Game of Thrones about the Targaryen history that we didn't really pay attention to when watching Game of Thrones because it didn't seem all that relevant at the time. It was interesting, but it was just like passing conversation. But if you were to go back and watch Game of Thrones now and you literally paid attention to every conversation, there was there's probably going to be a lot of spoilers about House of the Dragon, which is why I try not to go back to Game of Thrones until... House of the Dragon's over. Which people, if you want to see how the show ends, it's on YouTube. You'll just, it's you gotta just do some looking if you want to see it. I mean, they they have changed a couple of things, um, small details like yeah. Lena's death. In the book, she wasn't burned by Vagar. She gave birth to a stillborn and just pretty much died of exhaustion. Yeah. Um, I don't know whatever deaths have been changed or are going to be changed, but I like the fact that they're changing small details like that, but still with the same outcome, because I it's still going to catch people by surprise who have read the book or know I the history. If I'm not mistaken, I believe they like they didn't come out and outright say that Harwin was the father, whereas in the show, they basically are like, yeah, it's him. Yeah, everybody knows. <laughs> Like that that whole line was like, you know, Aegon is like he's like, Dad, like we all know. Yeah, they're like, use your eyes, look at him. Yeah, like, come on, like are are you fucking blind, old man? I I know you're falling apart, but like, come on, look at him. And I think it was you could almost see like an inner smile on Otto Hightower because he was like shit, finally somebody said it who can't be punished by the king because it's his uh, grandson. Like, I mean, when Otto said it, he got banished. He could so say it. He used to like, come back. I mean, he, Viserys wouldn't do it, but I mean, he if Viserys wanted to take a hard right turn, like, he could send he could send Aegon to the wall or even have him executed. Yeah, that's true. He could. But like we keep saying, um, Zerus is just too much of a nice guy, and, and he just wants everybody to get along. But it's and not going to happen. Nice guys do not make good rulers. No, and um, apparently Targaryens do not make. Damon good even siblings. said. Damon even said he said you know because Rhaenyra even said you know I won't rule by fear, and he said there needs to be a level of fear. They need to fear you and what you will do. Yeah, there's that, there's that old line, let them fear you so long as they respect you. I believe somebody said that to Daenerys. My, it may have been Tyrion. Yeah, like, there needs to be a level of fear. Like, you can let them love you, but at the same time, they've got to fear you. Yeah. And it certainly ended up that way with Daenerys. Um, her her armies loved her, and she wanted the people to love her, but she she just took a right turn right at the end, and Became the mad too queen. dangerous even for John. 
And he he didn't want it. No, he didn't want it. She was his queen. <laughs> um, we got a few apart from Vega. We got a few more glimpses of the dragons in this last episode when they were um at Driftmark, and you just saw like I think it was three or four dragons just flying overhead, just casually. I believe which, we got Sunfire. Our first look at him. Yeah. Um. Hopefully that kind of signals that we're going to see a lot more dragon action as the season comes to its final three episodes now. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think the Dance with Dragons is uh, gearing up. Yeah. And I, I, I believe the actual war went on for a few years, so we could get the, like Dance of the Dragons beginning in this season and still continuing through the next couple of seasons. I think they're going I... for four seasons. That's the last I heard is like they want to do like 10 episodes each four seasons. So, I mean, it's just right, I think. I think that's about right. Like, you don't want to drag it on too long. But I I think the beneficial thing will be that there won't be any more really any more time jumps after this last one. Um, We may get one slightly between season one and two just for when the kids like become adults because right yeah. now i think in the next episode they're going to be like young adults they I, don't I, have much more growing up to do i think right now aegon i think is like 13 or 14 like i think he's the age now that renera was in the beginning yeah um so yeah i think well, I, well, we know there's not going to be any more time jumps this season, so I think that that should be about right. We set it up enough. Let's get the preview of episode eight and see what's coming next on How to the Dragon. Um, again, you can raise your banners for us at Throne Zone UK. Give the channel a like. Follow us on social media, of course. Thank you for joining us once again. Make sure you like and subscribe. And we will see you next week to discuss this.
As hand, I speak with the King's voice on this and all other matters. Tomorrow, the High Towers land their first blow. Those vipers rule in my father's name. To King's Landing, then. The Sea Snake has taken a grave wound in battle in the Stepstones. Who will take the Driftwood throne? The crown cannot stand strong if the House of the Dragon remains divided. This is a matter of blood, not ambition. This is a trap. Nephews? The threat of war looms.